We are rolling, Greg. All right. Well, welcome everybody to Studio B. Yeah, we're recording at Greg's new apartment. Room sounds a lot more uh, cha- uh, chamber holly, a little echoey, a little mm, reverb. Yeah, there. I mean, we don't. I don't have anything really set up <laughs> on the walls here, so it's kind of going to be a little. It's a huge room. Adventure. That's the deal. It's just freaking <laughs> yes. big. Greg's apartment's huge. It kind of does. <laughs> basically, a handball court. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some guests on the show. We have John and John. How do you say your last name? Gilluli. Gilluli. He is the brewer at Drake's, and the reason he is in Pittsburgh is because he's visiting family and breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, a coworker of mine, Jeremiah. Uh, John is his brother-in-law, so Jeremiah is here as well. Hi, Jeremiah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. He forgot his sexy radio voice. He has the mic that doesn't give him a sexy radio voice. Aww. <laughs> and we are starting out with. Um, Fatheads. Yep. Fatheads Headhunter as just a pre-show beer. Yeah, so uh, I, just, I pretty much, this is my go-to anymore. I have a case of yeah. this in the fridge all the time. And So you mentioned you've seen them out in Portland or had them out in Portland. They have a tasting room up in Portland. I think they actually just announced they're closing. I do believe they did. But they, Portland's uh, a tough scene, though, man. There's like a brewery on I every bet. corner out there. Yeah, so the story for Fatheads is... 25 years ago or so, they opened a pub here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. And then uh, Glenn Benini, the owner, went to Cleveland yes. to mm-hmm. open the brewery. And Matt Cole, who's a well-known brewer, yes, uh, is the brewer there. So, uh, you know, they've been making beer in Portland, or I'm sorry, in Cleveland. Cleveland. And then they opened the Portland, and I think they're doing one in Austin, too? No, there was, there was definitely somewhere else getting one. Yeah. Jared and I had a really awesome experience at the Fatheads back when they used to do their wafer wings, which I don't think they do anymore. They don't. Oh, man. I just, like, bit into that thing, and my ears were just ringing, and the sweat was coming out, and then he bit into one, and it just, like... And then his phone rang, and it was like, no. (laughs) You're not even... No. But it came with three... Five. five. It was five. And I, I got through not just one. That's uh, and, you know, you know, it's one and a half. It's hilarious, yeah. John, because when I tell the story, mm-hmm. my ears rang as well. It, it, seriously, it's like, you know, it, it's it's an out-of-body experience. I, I was actually unable to speak for about ten minutes. Mm. People would talk to me and I'd nope. start to open my mouth and... <laughs> yeah, any food that asks you to sign a waiver is probably yeah. something you should. That was a lot first and last time I've ever signed a waiver. <laughs> yeah, I did it that one time. You know, you got to do stuff like that though. I'm glad. I'm glad other people have shared in my like experience because I tell everyone about the ear ringing thing, and they probably think it's like exaggeration. No, it's for real, your ears ring. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we're drinking the fat. This yep. is relatively fresh. I think it was bottled. Um, about 10 or 12 days ago. Yep. Classic West Coast yeah. tasting IPA produced in Cleveland, but definitely West Coast roots. You know, you got clearly a little bit of caramel malt in there. I think it's Columbus driving this one, right? I know it's a pretty, like... That's, yeah, it feels like it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like like some classic old school hop. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't and, know. And Love then, this beer. And then they... It seems like over either... I'm more dialed into it, or they've refined the recipe a little bit. It seems like they've really doubled down on kind of that, that candied orange flavor that's in there, and the, or the caramel malt that's going into the candied orange. Like, that part 
has really been singing songs to me the last couple uh, months. I feel like there's a little bit of Simcoe in the back because there's not really much sulfuriness, but there is like a little bit. Right, right. So I think there's something in there doing that. Well, that's always an interesting thing, though. Like you have a recipe and people love your recipe, but new varieties are coming out all the time. So mm-hmm. do you embrace them and mm-hmm. slowly mix them in? Because everybody's brewing the blend. There's very few single hop IPAs right. out there. So I fell in love with this hop called Bavaria Mandarina, and I just started like slowly tweaking it into recipes. Right. So, like, if you hadn't tasted one of my beers for, like, three years, you might say, problem, not candied orange, more like creamsicle orange. Okay. But okay. I'm always curious, because a lot of brewers don't talk about it, and I'll talk about it pretty freely, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, yeah, I, I will I will chase these new hops around, and if I feel that they work in a beer, I'll just use them. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to Matt or Glenn or anyone, but it just seems to me that this beer, they've been dialing it in, and I think it's better now than it ever has been. And, you know, when Headhunter first came out, they only had the small pub in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And this thing was winning World Beer Cups and yep. GABF medals, and you could never get it. Nope. And then as soon as they opened the production brewery in Cleveland, it's been on the shelf or available to me like 24-7-365. So, like, this is like... Even though it's not a local beer, it's one of the best beers that, you know, at least has local roots. Yeah, and it's local-ish. I mean, yeah. Cleveland, you're not, you know... It's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have some terminology that we use and we may use in the show, so we might want to get you used to it. Okay. We have, um, what we consider three phases of IPA. Uh, the first phase is the sea hop IPAs, the stuff that was around, right. um, you know, the, the earlier stuff before things started to get really the, the demarcation line I like to call is arrogant bastard. Yeah. That's probably a good one. Comes around and says, okay, well we're going bitter. We're going for IBUs. We're Mm going to jump in that arc. And that's when phase two starts and you get other hops in there. You get like Chinook, you get these, um, You, get, you, know, you start to get Simcoe, you start to get some some other ones that really start to bring a lot of resiny things to mm-hmm. it. Uh, go going for bitter, more sulfury, yeah. oniony, cut, catty. Yeah, <laughs> I stay away from those hops. I, you know, I go to hop selection every year, and I'm like, no, no, no. There's varieties I don't even touch. I cut all my Columbus contracts because. Right. So our phase two goes mm-hmm. through Simcoe and like just this side of Citra. Okay. And then okay. phase three are kind of the current generation, right. the modern ones, the tropical ones. Yeah. So from Citra to Mosaic, Mosaic to and Galaxy. Galaxy, El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Denali's a good new one. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, so I had some fun Motueka. with Denali's. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Although it's like hand-to-hand combat to get your hands on any quantities of uh, <laughs> New Zealand hops because they have no room to expand their growth area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Motueka can do some different things, but when. I'm really excited is when it gets a vanilla flavor. You can get that weird little vanilla flavor out of it. It's in a blend. You know, that thing, like, you know, they talk about how Mosaic, like, shows differently depending on what hops with it. But I I think Motueka is very similar in that regards. Yeah, there was the the Maryland beer that did that. There was a Duclaw. Duclaw. Oh, okay. I think it was Duclaw that had a Motueka. And, yeah, it was, like, super, it was, like, vanilla IPA, right? Right. But it wasn't milkshake or anything like that. This was well before... You know that was even a thing, and it was so, yeah. Really somehow cool. it was the it was the hops that did it because it was not there was no. No, that's neat. Beer. Yeah, it, it, it it's just like when it's, we're excited when we get those, and so the phase three is like our our you know current obsession is they're so is yummy, these, you know, right? Delicious IPAs. Well, and they're all about flavor and aromatics. Like you know, I think a lot of us have taken our foot off the IBU game. You know, mm-hmm. we're not here to like take the back of your throat out. We're here to like you know play with you know nose right. and front of your tongue and all that kind of stuff. So. I want you to be able to hold the IPA like six inches away and be like, oh, man, mm-hmm. you know, guava and just all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. 
about three years ago, it seems like I started noticing the brewers are making the beers less apparently bitter. Right. right? The IBUs are fall wherever the IBUs fall, but the beers don't taste as bitter because they have different kind of alpha acids in them and things like that. And it's been a boon for, you know, oh, I don't like IPA. Well, here, try this mosaic one, right? You know, that kind right. of thing. And it just changes people's opinions completely on what IPA can be, I think. Yeah, because it was, it, I mean, it's true, like in the older IPA, I, yeah, older school IPAs, it's like chase the bitterness, you know, hops just crunch your face cop sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the flavors were danky and mm-hmm. kind of like grapefruit zest on a pine needle and yeah. yes with with an onion and garlic in the background i have a lot of problems with onion and garlic hops so i go okay. i go to long extremes to not buy them okay i'm with you on that although like, it occasionally somehow it can work like I, I remember i forget what beer it was it was amarillo and simcoe mm. things that should not I right mean, like, i look at the at the label and think this is not gonna be good and it was delicious right somehow the mix works and so you know the alchemy you can do is impressive sometimes. Well, when you're sitting at the table picking hops, you know, six different Simcoe's from six different farmers, they can be all over the it's place. True. So cultural products. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you know, and, the, and anybody who's got the capacity select is, you know, going up there and looking for what they want. And some people are looking for onion and garlic cause they're like, that's dank. That's got cut, you know, and some of us are looking more tropical. It's just kind of what you want. So our other word is adored. Dord, <laughs> which is our word for cat pee, or oh, or, that's a good one. I just say cat pee, but <laughs> or urinal, or you know, yeah, biological things like, mm. things like that. So. That's when Citra goes bad. <laughs> Cit- uh, so I swear to God, Citra is the worst cat piss hop when it gets <laughs> really? when it gets danky dank like that. Yeah, because Jeff has a big story about how we went on a yeah. So cruise. it was in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Um, All about beer magazine we used to do that beer cruise, and Alan, yeah, yeah. Alan Mullen was hosting it the one year. Right, right. And uh, so I went on that, and this was before we were doing the podcast. I mean, just about a year before, I guess, mm-hmm. but. Um, one of the beers they had on the cruise ship, and you know, in 2004, cruise ships didn't have craft beer, so the beer crews could bring on, you know, their own beer and have it at a bar. But uh, I don't think the brewery's around anymore. It was in Washington. It was called LeConnor, mm. LeConnor IPA, and okay. it was Amarillo, and mm. it was it was happy. Right. It was kind of, but it was the kind of thing. And maybe it was because I was in that exploratory phase where I'm just looking for extreme flavors. But it's like, oh man, this beer tastes like happy. I think mm. I like Cappy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't t- just taste like Cappy. There's a lot of other yeah. things going on. Amarillo's an eat hop. I, I very seldom use that by itself. It's another. That's another blender. It, that beer, that hop, like came out at the same time as Simcoe, and those two hops have such an affinity for each other. They okay. like you see them so often together, and they do bring out the best in each other. Interesting. IMO. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy because when I just see Amarillo alone. <laughs> I fear. So well, we, we should explain something here. Okay. This this isn't our main show. This is okay. our, kind of our warm-up, have oh. a beer. We usually don't okay. talk much about beer. Ah. But, uh, so after we finish these beers, and then we'll get into the main show. And that's going to be a lot more focused on uh, reviewing the beers. And, okay. And, you know, and we like, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Drake's and whatnot. But like, it's just Greg and I, you know, we don't talk about science or anything like that. You know, we stay on beer. And then yeah. we save the post-show when we're drunk to... <laughs> Talk about philosophy and things. Oh, like there that. you go. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is actually Jeff. This is your first time here, right? Yep. Um, I moved here um, December or November of last year, uh, so it's not really new anymore. <laughs> Jerry used to drive golf balls back here. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I did too. Yeah. Uh, so I remember those times, and uh, but. Yeah, this this is it's nice. I still haven't you know gotten a fully furnished out of here. Is going to eventually have my computer and stuff in there, and then they're going to have a TV back. 
back there, and I need to get more stuff for the walls. But uh, it's slow and steady. You said it's not all that new anymore, but you lived at your old apartment for 20 years. Yeah, well, so. I, I lived in a shithole for 20 years because I was... You know how you get com- you get comfortable in your misery? Yes. Well, it, <laughs> what, what that, what's that phrase? It just becomes part of the furniture. You right, know, which yeah. Which is kind of weird, say, in an apartment mm-hmm. complex. But, yeah. You're just like, eh, I'm just used to it. Is it really shitty? I don't know. I don't see it anymore. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, I knew it was shitty, but I also knew, like, oh, it was, you know, it was easy. It was super cheap. It was easy. And it was, um, but, yeah, I could never have anybody over because it, it was a shithole that I kept the mess. And, uh so you know, I've obviously changed up. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, but uh, each, I guess you live 20 years in a mess, and you're like, all right, it's time for time for something new. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this Anheuser Busch box is super cool. They sent that to us with what? With um, uh, Budweiser American Ale came in. There. Is that oh. what came in there? Okay. Yeah. Was it any good? No, it was no. terrible. Uh. No, terrible is not quite the right word. It was. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't it was, watermelon Dorado or anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, let's worst. yeah let, let's let's let Bal yeah fuck Ballast Point. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. <clears throat> you may notice I'm wearing this shirt here with a raccoon on it. We make an IPA called Forging Raccoon because they eat sculpins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, I think habanero sculpins a fantastic beer. I think it's a lovely cooking ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> But when we had watermelon Dorado, that was just well. Do they make regular beer anymore? Yeah. I swear, everything is like watermelon, peach, blah Grapefruit. blah. Yeah, well, they, they still do make sculpin, but they it, do. it's not really that noteworthy anymore. I remember when it first got, you know, when it was first mm-hmm. making waves, right? And you could get your hands on it. It seemed like it was a special IPA. But yeah. the last couple of times I've had regular uh, sculpin. So you wonder, is that? Threshold shift, palate shift, because I had a blind pig recently, and I was like, I used to think this beer was like the top of the IPA game, and now it's like, that's a good IPA. I I think it probably is palate shift. I mean, I had a blind pig like sometime in the past year, and um, it actually exceeded my expectations, you know, because it's third tier under the declinies and stuff. And I'm like, that's really good. But, you know, Russian River is such a rarity here that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not something I, you can ever get used to here. So yeah, I've, I mean, I feel like I you know I go back to some of these you know incredible ones from five six years ago, and you think, well, okay, beer's moved on. Things have imp- you know, there's other flavors I'm getting now that I wasn't getting out of this. That at the time this was amazing, but hey, it's it's not the same anymore. And so I think that that's yeah. I, I think that if you taste some of these old landmarks, you can appreciate them for what they were, but right. they don't feel like they're I mean, they are older beers. They are older recipes. You know, even even newer ones. Um, last couple of times I've had Torpedo. Oh, I've been underwhelmed. And I used to think that one was. And not that long ago, I used to think that one was just a really solid beer. Yeah, I've. I don't know. I've lost. I've lost keeping up with Sierra Nevada. I love Sierra Nevada. I respect the shit out of Sierra Nevada. I have. I, they all taste like Sierra Nevada, and I think that's a brewery that hasn't done anything to. You know, they're brewing the same recipes they were 20 yeah. years ago. Well, the, no, now they're doing the sidecars, right? They're right. putting orange in, mm-hmm. in their IPAs. And... Yeah, that just following Ballast Point down the rabbit hole. Is yeah. that because, I mean, that was an issue we had with Rogue for a while. And they, Rogue Ooh. uses all their, their Pac-Man yeast, and, yeah. and Sierra Nevada uses Chico yeast, right? Right. So could it be that their house flavor really, you know, comes a lot from these and it just doesn't 
change? A lot of people use Chico yeast because it's super adaptable. I think one of the big things that uh, that Sierra does, they use whole hops. They dry hop at a very cold temperature. And I don't think you get the kind of aromatics out of hops. Wow. That, you know, they dry hop post-crash at like a 32 degrees. So the torpedo, you know, that thing is full of whole hops and you cycle cold beer through it. So you don't get... It, not all the oils are dissolving in the same way that they are in a warm or dry hop. So, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, so I think it's some of it's process, some of it's recipe. If you look on their website, I swear thirty like a, a vast number of their beers have carapils in them, which is kind of sweet and mouth feely and dextrinous. And it, I don't like it. I like kind of crisper beers, so they've never really right. been my jam for a while. Yeah, it's, you feel it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, some of these. Bigger breweries trying to adapt. Who I mean? Who's adapted? Who's done really well at keeping up? I'm trying to think. Not Sam Adams. <laughs> no. <laughs> who's the big guys that are really like? I mean, you know, we've been around since '89, and we're we're pretty fresh. But we've gone through two ownerships. Um, New Belgium is trying. Like, they are trying, out. but I think same thing. And they're also trying the. You know, you try the wrong stuff, and you're doing a sidecar. That yeah. was bullcrap on on Sierra's part. You know, yeah. stick. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know who is who's a good '80s brewery. I mean, I'll grab a pen, dark, anytime. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was trying to think of you know bigger ones that are more available. Right, like, right. No one's really coming to mind. Who were the I big mean, guys Sam, in the Sam, '80s? Sam I mean, Adams, Red Hook's dead. Anchor. Anchor's dead. Anchor's Anchor's throwing everything at the wall. They've yeah. gone through some weird business changes there. They're mm. Not Sam Adams can come up with good beers, but they're you know they're just trying everything. Yeah, everything goes and, up against the wall. Yeah, Ooh. Mendocino just went down. Huh. God, it's kind of depressing. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's, not, it's not, not. I don't think it's necessarily depressing. Look how big beer is. Right, gotten. it's not I like know, but we're losing. I mean, look. You know, newspapers are going under, right? Yeah. Most newspapers, but that's just because of the sign of the times, right? It's like telegraph operators went under eventually. Well, well I would, I, I don't want to buy a bottle of Sam Adams when there's probably a local brewery here in town that's got mm-hmm. a lager on tap right now that got brewed like a month ago and yeah. hasn't been through packaging and distribution and on twenty trucks and everything. So you're just better off. I mean, our our beer options have just changed. Yeah, it used to be so. you could get Sam Adams everywhere, and so that was you know your go-to because you couldn't get yeah. any other thing that was well, close that's to a, That's beer. a good point. I mean, so over the last five years or so, the market has gone ultra-local. Uh-huh. Brewery tap rooms, things yep. like that. Yep. And it, I think it allows for more growth than we used to have because it's replacing t- or t- taverns mm-hmm. as opposed to breweries. You know, So you're, you're growing into a different market. Uh, but then you got these big regional national brewers. That's where the trouble Their is. Their growth is trying to eat into macro, which right. they have not been very successful at the last five years. Mm-mm. Or conversely, trying to stay as relevant as some of the small guys, you know, like a little hazy thing from Sierra Nevada. It's like, mm, nice try, but yeah. that's not a hazy IPA. Speaking no. of local, have you had any uh, brew gentlemen yet? I have not been there yet, but they're on my list. I'm going to go there and uh, Voodoo and Homestead tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Because they're pretty close to each other. Brew Gentleman is someplace special. Yeah, it's, okay, cool. Brew Gentleman. I'm familiar with them. Voodoo's decent. They usually aren't excited when I go there. Mm. Um, if you're able to get to Roundabout, that's another one. I almost talk. made it, but we got okay. sent out to Dancing Gnome instead. So I was like, all right, I'll go do that. Dancing Gnome's good, but you know they're just six kinds of haze. They had four haze and a stout. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going there for. Honestly, Jer's wife sent me there because she loves gnomes and wanted a pint glass and then was super sad when there was no gnome on the pint glass. So, (laughs) like, all right. No, I mean, they make good stuff. Um, 
But roundabout, Steve Sloan is the brewer there. He was the former brewer of the Church Brewers when they won okay. Brew Pub of the Year. Mm. And uh, he's there. Uh, they have a few tap accounts around town, like their best buds, like Pipers and stuff. But everything else they sell is out of the tap room. And that's and the model. That's where you make your money. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, it's like you can take a keg of beer and you can sell, sell a keg. For maybe if you're lucky, 200, 220. So you're going to buy an empty keg. That costs 100 bucks. You got to wash it, fill it, deliver it, get it back. Mm-hmm. Or you could sell the same amount of beer for minimum $600 across the bar. You know, what's the point? You right. know, you put maybe you put a couple kegs out there in the market as billboards. You put it yeah. under your marketing budget. I mean, that's kind of what um, Roundabout does, but it's not even marketing. Like, well, just to bring attention, like, you, yeah. oh, you like this beer? You should come to our pub. Well, there's that, but, like, he he's very select with who gets it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like Piper's gets it because Piper's runs, you know, probably the cleanest draft lines in town. You know, that kind and of thing. And these days, you so. just invite a food truck over. You don't even need a kitchen. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, get a get a di- different food trucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, Brew Gentlemen, they're going to have, like, five or six hazes on tap. But they're also going to have a fantastic English Mild, probably a really great, like, robust porter. Uh, I mean, just fan, just everything is is great. Yeah. They they do a great oh, job. Well, definitely, like yeah, they're high on. I mean, we're I'm out in Forest Hill, yeah. so easy enough to get to mm-hmm. them. It's cool to have a rock star like super like uh, a whale brewery right nearby. <laughs> <Yeah. by. laughs> well, I Finally. think da- isn't Dancing Gnome kind of a whale brewery to to the Hayes Bros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they definitely are getting a reputation. And there's a couple other breweries that just opened. There's one that's um, farther out of town. Um, but Cellar Works Brewing Company. Okay. And they impressed me. They were, you know, open less than six months, went in, and I just thought they were really hitting good beers. And usually, I would expect, like, um, Dry Log. Right, which is called what now? Uh, Strange Roots. Something like that. Experimental Brewery. Yeah. And uh, those guys took the best part of two years to get maturity in their wild, you know, program right and i've thought they you know just over the last year they've got to the point where they're putting out beers that are average sours above average sours notable sours and you know now they're rebranding because i think sours are too hard and they want to cash in on the haze craze Uh, you know there's breweries in california that do nothing but sours and haze and i'm like Mm -hmm. uh you're you're flashing i didn't realize that dry log was rebranding that's interesting Mm because you know they did get a Notice for their sours. Sure. Yeah, they were starting to do like uh, international competition or like you know in- yeah. invitationals and stuff. They were mm, cool going around, so they were getting a rep for their beers. But you know, they changed it up. Well, you're not selling that much volume in sours. We have a sour yeah. program, and it's great, and we love making the sours. But there's not, yeah. you, you know, it's never going to be a volume driver for you. Absolutely. Nick was there a couple times uh, last uh, the last couple of months before he left, and he. Notice their glasses were always dirty. So Ooh. they also had some issues with their... Ooh. <laughs> That's one thing we do. We spoil our listeners by telling them, you know, like, they look at the glass and it's coated with bubbles. They're like, oh, wow. man, good. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. No, no, keep telling them that. <laughs> no, no, but like his friend Nick, like, he goes to some dive bar in Philly now and it's just bubbles. And, and now he's like, <laughs> oh, well, so you're at a dive bar. What do you expect? Yeah. They're not all gooskies. <laughs> <laughs> So should we get onto the show? Yeah, let's get on oh, yeah. the show. All right. 